Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. One thing that is for sure in middle school and high school, no matter what grade or year it is, one for sure thing that is happening and will always happen will be dating relationships, our third relationship we're going over in our three-week series. I know y'all are super excited about this tonight. Let me ask you this, this question. Fellas, y'all remember the first time you flirted with a girl? The first time you chased her around the playground? Hey, it probably starts younger than you think. I, shh, we were at a, a, a soccer game yesterday, and Noble's running around, and Addison Harris is sitting there, and Noble looks up at, at Addison, and Addison's looking elsewhere, and he just keeps staring, and Addison finally sees him, and he goes, he like, he gives this big smile, and he like leans in, he like, he's putting in the work early. He, uh, he was flirting, flashing some eyes. But it's a matter of fact, right? I can joke about dating, but it's a matter of fact, dating happens in middle school and high school. So the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we navigate it? How do we date well? And that's going to be the question we're trying to answer tonight. And how do we date well? But before we get into what healthy dating looks like, I just want to hit a couple unhealthy signs of dating that we typically see in middle school and high school. A couple things that are just not very healthy for us to, to see and for you to be a part of. So here are some things that you see that are unhealthy in some dating relationships in middle school and high school. Number one, they consume each other's time. They're constantly with one another. They're no longer hanging out with their friends. They're only hanging out with one another 24-7, and they're just so enveloped and wrapped up in one another. They're each other's number one priority. That is not a healthy relationship. You guys have probably seen that, and you guys are probably like, I used to have a friend, but then they started dating somebody, and we no longer hang out. Anybody have that happen to them before? I know that's happened to me before. That's an unhealthy marker of a relationship. Number, number two. PDA, public display of affection. And you may snicker at that, and we always say uh, no PDA, but here's the thing. There's some relationships and some people that are very comfortable with PDA, with, with uh, public display of affection. And let me just tell you this. Oh, well, they don't do anything behind closed doors. Let me just tell you this. What you see in public, multiply that behind doors when no one's around. And that's what typically happens in relationships. So if someone is very PDA, that's typically uh, going beyond that when no one else is around. So that's an unhealthy marker of a relationship. Number three, unhealthy communication about future things. Getting married. Oh, I love you so much. We're going to get married one day. I know I'm an eighth grader, but I just know you're the one meant for me. Or maybe you're in high school and you begin to talk about more mature things that you shouldn't be talking about with one another. That's an unhealthy marker of a relationship. Another one, and the last one we'll go over, is constantly needing a boyfriend or a girlfriend. We all probably have friends, or maybe we've been in at times where we feel like we always need to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. We get out of a relationship, we're like, okay, I can do this for a couple weeks, but I need to get back to another relationship. And that shows, again, some unhealth where you are dependent on somebody else in a time where they are not designed to lead you or take care of you. 
And when you get stuck in these unhealthy uh, cycles and continue to date poorly, break hearts, and even break our purity. Brittany is going to join me tonight, and what we want to do is not to show you, hey, this is the one only way to date. We're not, we're not making that claim. But what we want to do is we want to share our story and show some examples of what went really well and what can be positive for you. But also to pull some things out, what, what went really well in our relationship and what are some wins that can translate into your life. So the question is, how do you date well? The answer is, you date well by being selfless, honorable, intentional, and pure. If you're taking notes, you date well by being selfless, honorable, intentional, and pure. Let's pray as we open God's word. God, we thank you for your living and active word. God, as we talk about this topic of dating tonight, Lord, would you give Brittany and I wisdom uh, to communicate to these students through your word? And God, would you uh, maybe convict some hearts tonight of maybe some that aren't dating well? And Lord, encourage those that are just kind of lost and maybe feel like dating's not their thing. And that's okay, Lord. But Lord, I, I pray that at the end of this, uh, this conversation, and Lord, that we would have students uh, that would understand healthy ways of dating and in all of it, glorifying you and honoring you and the other person in the process. God, we ask this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to ask three questions tonight in how to date well. And we're going to answer that through these three questions. The first question is this. What is the purpose of dating? What is the purpose of dating? Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. It's the popular, famous chapter Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures, endures all things. Now, we're not taking it to a passage and saying, hey, this is the passage that they wrote about how to date well. Right, that, there's, there's nothing in Scripture that says this is the process and formula for dating. That's not a thing that you're going to find in Scripture. What you're going to see tonight is that we're going to pull biblical principles and try to answer this question with what God's Word gives us. So the first thing we need to understand is this temptation in our life to make everything about us. Y'all ever feel like that, that, that before? Maybe you've got a friend that every time you have a conversation with them, they're constantly thinking of a response to make it about them. You guys ever had that friend before? You guys maybe ever been that friend before? We constantly make things about us. We make, obviously, our social media. We want to make a platform of who we are. and We want people to love us and make it about us rather than the Lord or others. And what we end up seeing is that this trend continues into dating. That when we date, we are dating for us. We are dating selfishly. And when we date selfishly, we are not concerned with the other person. We are concerned with what we can get from the other person. And that is the wrong step to start in dating. That is un unhealthy. That's not what it's about. It's not that boyfriend or girlfriend is not there to fulfill your needs. That's not the pur purpose of dating, especially in y'all stage. What we need to understand is that Christ is the only one that can fulfill us. A dating relationship will never give us what Christ gives us. And we learned that from Easter through his death and resurrection. And we're thankful for that. 
But we need to understand dating is not about us. So the first purpose of dating is to find a spouse. The first purpose of dating is to find a spouse. You're finding out their character, right? If you're dating someone, you're saying, I want to be exclusive with you. I want to date with you. I want to have an intimate relationship with you so that I can get to know you better. I can know your character, your personality. We can go on dates and see if our, if we, our personalities line up, if we like the same things, if it's a good vibe, right? That's the things that we're trying to do in dating. And we're trying to select, is this person someone that I want to marry someday? What we see a lot in middle school and high school is people are just, I'm just going to date because that's what everyone else is doing. And I'm not saying, hey, you have to eliminate dating because you're going to hear more of my story of how I dated really bad in middle school and high school. And I dated a lot. Dating is a part of the scene of middle school and high school. I do not want us as believers to jump in and to say, oh, well, I'm just... I'm just going to hang out with this person, and we're going to get to know, know each other, and we'll see what, what goes on from there. Because when you, are opening, you, when you are entering those relationships, you're opening yourself up for potential sin and heartbreak, right? Because if you're just going through it purposelessness with a selfish intent, it's probably going to end up in some sin that doesn't honor the Lord. And it's probably going to end up in you trying to pull and fulfill yourself through things that you are trying to get from somebody so if you're just uh, meanings, meaningly dating without meaning, that's a hard word, meaningless, I can't say that. But dating without meaning, you are setting yourself up for sin and heartbreak. So what, what's a solution for that? A solution for that is I encourage you, don't jump into a dating relationship. Hang out as friends. That's the beauty of a youth group, right? You get to hang out with one another. You guys go to Canes or Chick-fil-A or you guys go do things. Hang out as friends because you can learn people's characters. You can learn their personality. You can get to know them over a period of time without saying, hey, let's put ourselves in this relationship that is very volatile. It's a tender thing that could go bad really quick. Make sure you are in a good spot before you jump into that. Try the group dating. Try hanging out as friends before. Let's look back at scripture where it says, love is patient and kind. It does not boast. It's not arrogant or rude, does not insist on its own way. So when you are dating somebody, when you are trying to find that spouse, right, you're trying to fall in love with somebody. And what, does, what is love described as? It's described as patient, described as kind. Many times when we're selfish, we aren't very kind and patient with one another because we want something from them and we're trying to extract it from them. Therefore, we begin doing things that are not God-honoring or honoring to the other person. It doesn't boast, not arrogant or rude, and it doesn't insist on its own way. It's not self-seeking. When you're entering into a dating relationship, it's not about you fulfilling something. It's about you serving somebody, you honoring somebody. It's not about what you can get out of it. It's focused on others. So we see that we are meant, the first purpose is to find a spouse. The second purpose is to be selfless. And we see that through these characteristics of being patient and kind and not arrogant or not boasting or rude and not insisting on its own way. That you are removing that selfish idea and trait inside of you and saying, I want to serve somebody. I want to love somebody well. I want to honor them well. And when you're asking that question, you're no longer focused on yourself. So you're removing self from the equation. 
It's not about you. The third purpose is to glorify God and enhance your kingdom impact. Glorify God and enhance your kingdom impact. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So in all that you do, eat, drink, sleep, go to school, we talk about this all the time, it is all meant to glorify God, to honor God, to give God praise in the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we treat people and speak to people. So that does not change in dating. The purpose of dating is to glorify God, which kind of creates some questions in some moments for us, right? In some moments that maybe we are trying to be like everybody else, what they do with their boyfriend or girlfriend, we then are thinking, does this glorify God? Does this bring God honor and glory? And God is not glorified in sin. God is not glorified when we go outside of the parameters in which he's created for us in marriage. And we'll go over that and kick it back to that biblical sexuality talk that y'all love so much. But we're also called to not be unequally yoked, a.k.a. do not missionary date. Missionary dating is not glorifying to God. And you might be asking, what is missionary dating? It's you're a believer, someone else is not a believer. Hey, I want to date them. Maybe if I date them and I'm a good influence, they can become a believer. No, you can have influence and reach them and befriend them, but do that without the dating relationship. Because Scripture says in a marriage, both of us are called to be believers. Do not be unequally yoked. That we are both believers coming together to have a greater kingdom impact. And you can have a great kingdom impact in a dating relationship in high school to where you guys are both on mission, honoring, reaching people. Even, I mean, I think of me and Brittany's relationship. We now have little boys that we're creating new friendships with, that we can have a kingdom impact and and gospel conversations with those families. And our reach is growing because of that relationship. So the third purpose, purpose is to glorify God and enhance your kingdom impact. I'm going to invite Brittany up to the stage. She's going to come up and join me for this part. Will you welcome Brittany to the stage? It's not on yet. But I'm going to open up before I kick it to Brittany. The second question we have to ask and how to date well is what does an honorable pursuit of dating look like? What does an honorable pursuit of dating look like? If you'll go to Proverbs 31.10, I'll read it here. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Many times in dating relationships, we look at the other person as just something that, right, we can extract something from, something we can gain, something we can try to fulfill ourselves from. And guys in the room, sometimes the culture is, has taught us to look at females as objects, objects to satisfy desires. And that is not what Scripture says. Scripture says a woman is more precious than a jewel, more precious than diamonds, more precious than rubies. We must look at women with great honor because they have great worth. And that should change the way that we treat women. That should be changed the way we treat a girl in a dating relationship. And I would love to stand up here and tell you, me from, uh, my first girlfriend was in seventh grade. I would love to tell you from seventh grade 
till now, I dated perfectly every single time. I would love to tell you that, but I can't tell you that. I dated wrong a lot of times, and I would say 99% of the times I had a girlfriend, I dated wrong. And Brittany's going to come up here and, and tell us about our story and the one success story that I had dating. Uh, but I don't want you to, to look at this and, oh, man, they were perfect. At, we have our faults. I have a lot of faults. I messed up a lot. I dated a lot in middle school and high school, and I got caught up in that same vein of you need to have a boyfriend, you need to have a girlfriend, you need to have this dating for the wrong reasons, not honoring women, not honoring them as more precious than jewels. So I, I say that, and, and the last thing I'll do it before I kick to Brittany is in this digital age, we've lost this idea of pursuing one another to where, oh, well, what's your snap? Hey, what's, what's your Insta? Hey, what's your, what's your number so I, I can text you or I can, and that, that is just uh, informal. That, I mean, it's just not something where you're saying, this is a lot of honor. I'm being intentional with this. It's being, I mean, honestly, pretty lazy. Yes. Oh. Mic on. Hello. Oh, yeah, she's here. It's the easy way out. Okay, it is the easy way out. So we want to tell about a story of our story of what we believe is a success story and then some things that you can pull out of that of what it looks like to pursue one another well. So, Brittany, the stage is yours. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you. Thank you. So Dylan touched on his dating history a little bit, and so that's how I'll start out too. I... Um, didn't date really at all. In middle school and high school, I was a hopeless romantic, and so I just wanted a family one day, wanted to be a wife, and honestly, I didn't want the messiness of a relationship to get in the way of, like, having fun in high school, if I'm being honest. So I hung out with my friends a lot, didn't date, and um, when I got to college, met a nice guy, started dating him, I was the pursuer in the relationship. So I liked him a lot more than he liked me, if we're being honest. And we dated for a year. Um, but throughout the relationship, that pursuit was never reciprocated. And it was always a guessing game. Like, does he like me? You know, confused always. And um, when that relationship ended, I was absolutely heartbroken. I was devastated because... Ultimately, I was dating to marry. I, I wasn't just dating to have a good time. And so I was, I was crushed. Um, and then that was my sophomore year towards the end of it. And it took some time to heal for me. Um, and I did, thank the Lord. He was so sweet during that time. Um, but I was bitter. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of angry, jaded towards the idea of dating. I didn't want anything to do with guys, didn't want to date. I was just kind of sworn. I was just like, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, and then into that summer is when we actually ended up dating. So let me get into that. But so we go into, we worked at Canacuck, um, Christian sports camp in the summer of our college years. And it was my second summer, Dylan's third summer. And we had met each other my first summer working there, and, but I was dating the other guy, and so Dylan, you know, 
didn't really <laughs> notice he existed, honestly. Um, then that second summer, I was single, and uh, so Dylan started kind of making some moves, if you will, flirting a little bit. <laughs> I'll say this real quick. I got word it was like the, the staff training before, and someone made a joke of like, oh, someone's going to, I knew her brother before, and someone's like, oh, someone's going to make a move on Toon Sister. And I looked at him and was like, no, 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 she's got a boyfriend. And they looked at me and said, not anymore. And I said, oh, oh. So I started praying to the Lord. I and yes. So <laughs> I was not interested at first. I mean, I didn't know he was making moves whatsoever. I was minding my own business. And a few of my friends came up at separate times and said, do you know Dylan Bone? And I said, I mean, yeah, I've talked to him some. And they're like, I think he likes you. You know, he will be in a setting and I'll look over and Dylan's like making sure, looking where you are, kind of smiling at you. We called it making eyes. He would make eyes at me. He'd look and find me. He'd come and find where I was and come talk to me. And because I had my blinders on, I like was so oblivious. And I honestly was like, he is such a jock. He probably does this with everyone. Like, I really genuinely was like, I, there's nothing special about me. <laughs> there's nothing special about me. He does this with everybody. It's not a big deal. Um, but after a couple days, I, I saw that he had zeroed in on me, and I was kind of like, okay. My interest was piqued. Um, so we started getting to know each other, and um, about a week or two into camp life, we um, went on a morning walk. He asked me to go on a morning walk, which is like camp lingo for like, hey, this is, this is becoming something, you know. So we went on our morning walk, and um, he asked me my testimony. And so I got to tell him how I'd come to know the Lord. And then I asked him his testimony. We sat down at a picnic table, and I will never forget he said, well, Brittany, I think you are amazing. And I just want to let you know, I would love to pursue you with the intentions of dating you at the end of the summer. And I was so taken aback because I had never been pursued in a way that was clear or direct. Um, no guy had ever been bold enough to just outward, just say his feelings and his intentions with me ever. And so I kind of was like, okay. I mean, what do you say that I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, so he, like he said, he had talked to my brother beforehand because my brother was friends with him and, um, he was at camp too. So he had asked my brother if he was cool with it. And, um, so we started getting to know each other and throughout that time at working at camp, every week you get a day off and we would schedule our day offs the same day. And we would just kind of explore Branson together. It was really fun. <laughs> that sounds lame, but it was really fun. <laughs> and um, he would, so then at night we'd go, like I'd go to the hotel with my girlfriends. He would go to the hotel with his guys. And he'd come pick me up in the mornings with a donut, milk, and a rose every time, every morning. And it was a move, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, hey, if you're, I think they're, I think they're clapping for the donut. I think they're clapping for hey, the donut. Hey, if you're taking notes, write that down. That was that kind of won me over. So many things he did, won me over. 
and this whole season of dating, of getting to know, we weren't even dating yet, but getting to know each other, he was just winning me over. He was wooing me, honestly. And so he did all that. And at the end of the summer, he asked me to be his girlfriend with a bouquet of roses. So it all came together. <laughs> it all came together good. Um, but then started the process of long distance dating because he went to school in, he went to school in Joplin, Missouri. I went to school here in Oklahoma City. And so we were three hours apart. And so there was a lot of FaceTime calls, um, a lot of him coming down here, honestly, way more than I went up there. It was really sweet. Um, so we met, we'd meet in the middle, but that was just a sweet time because it was a year of just communication mostly of seeing each other. We got to know each other so well. We prayed for each other, encouraged each other in our walks with the Lord. It was just such a sweet, it was hard, but it was a sweet time. So two months after we started dating, he told me he loved me. Then four months after we started dating, he told me he was going to move to Oklahoma City because he didn't want to do long distance anymore. And um, so he finished his classes online that next semester and moved to Oklahoma City. And so all that to say, um, and we'll, I'll reiterate this at the end, but just very like, I've made my decision, this is it. And I never questioned or wondered what he was feeling. I, I felt led and felt like important to him. I felt special and it made me love him even more. And so um, anyways, we got engaged a year after he said he loved me. And then nine months later, we were married, July 16th, 2017. So um, a sweet thing about that, I have my little notes here. A sweet thing about that was that um, Dylan's character was proved to me while we were dating. I never was wishing he was a different way. I was never thinking I'll date him so he can become this and then we can get married. I wasn't dating a potential version of him. And so I knew that if we got married, this was the guy I wanted to be with. And um, I loved him then as we dated, but gosh, those character qualities and those things he did when we dated directly correlated to when we were married. I mean, his pursuit of me um, directly correlates to how he leads me now in our marriage relationship and how he was so thoughtful in the things he did for me. He's still thoughtful. And so um, that was so special to me is that um, I married the same guy and love him then, love him now. It's amazing. So some things that you can possibly take away. This is not I don't want y'all to think like, wow, their story's amazing. I want one just like that. We messed up a lot. And our dating relationship was not perfect. We went through all the struggles everybody else does. Um, but those are, these are some things that hopefully you can take away and could maybe encourage you in your future relationships. One is keeping Christ at the center. Um, and this is easy and possible when you're both believers. Um, that's the most important thing. And honestly, after that, everything kind of falls into place. Your devotion to Christ and the other person's devotion to Christ should be the main thing that attracts you to them. Um, second, and I've said this throughout, but I think it's really important, especially in y'all's generation. I don't think that this is, I think this is rare is clarity, but clarity is important because um, things are not communicated. People's intentions are not communicated. Everybody's just out to have a good time. 
Um, but it's so important because I feel like a lot of girls can maybe relate to me in this, of just questioning everything. You like a guy, you think he may like him, you're unsure, you're, everything's wishy-washy. Um, just be certain and direct on how you feel with people. And that goes both ways. Um, and it goes for all conversations. So say it's a good conversation, you're telling a girl how much you like her, fun, great. Say it's time to end that relationship, but you're, you know, stalling because you don't want to have a hard conversation. Be direct and be kind, but tell them that it's not going in the direction you think it should and you should break up. Just make things very clear and direct. And then lastly, which kind of goes into that, is be respectful. So a few things Dylan did with being respectful is he, he understood my parents and my family's role in my life. They were hugely important to me, and I'm still very close with my family. Um, but at the time, they had the authority in my life. My parents did. And so he um, made sure to ask my dad face-to-face -face in a conversation if he could date me. He asked my dad if he could marry me. He talked to my brother about dating me, making sure it was okay with their friendship and everything. And um, it just meant the world to me that he wasn't scared to do those things. I didn't have to ask him to do those things. He did them on his own. And so um, that was huge. And I was thinking about this today. Honestly, the part where I was dating a guy the summer we met, and then the next summer we weren't dating anymore, and then Dylan pursued me. The respect he had for me that first summer, even though now he says he, you know, he liked me that first summer, but he, I had no idea really kind of who he was because I, my mind wasn't focused on him. And so the respect that he had for me to not pursue anything that first summer, even though I had a boyfriend, meant the world. Because if he would have that first summer made moves on me, me be like, I have a boyfriend, back off. The next summer probably wouldn't have paid him any attention um, because I would have had less respect for him because he didn't have respect for me. Does that make sense? So the three things, keep Christ at the center, clarity is important, and be respectful to each other are three key things. <laughs> Can you give it up for Brittany? So you hear those things, and that, that is not a like, oh, let's just give it up for Dylan type of moment or type of uh, session there. I dated wrong in a lot of ways with a lot of different girls. I wasn't direct with them. I wasn't pursuing them. I wasn't honoring them. And what I learned was just being broken over my sin and seeing good examples and just being discipled uh, by some great mentors. And I saw some positive things. And... When I saw Brittany, you know, that was a, a woman that uh, had a pure soul and a gentle soul. Is someone that I said immediately when I saw her, I said, that is wife material. And like she was saying, I was so direct of like, this is who I want to marry from early on because I saw that in her. And I was like, I don't want anyone else to take her. I, I want her for myself because she is more precious than jewels. And she uh, is even a greater person now than she was then. She has become a mother and a, and a wife. So. I'm thankful for Brittany. Can we give it up one more time as, as she's come up? So, fellas, in pursuit of women, be Christ-centered, be clear, and respect them, and it will go well with you. 
if you continue to honor and give glory to the Lord. The last question we'll go over. Why is purity a big deal? Why is purity a big deal? 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 5. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Remember the parameters, right? Me drawing the rectangle during biblical sexuality, saying that desire that you have for the opposite sex, that is a good desire, that is God-given. But that is what supposed to be fulfilled within the parameters of marriage, of a husband and a wife. Trying to fulfill those desires through pornography, through premarital sex, through lustful thoughts, through conversations with your boyfriend or girlfriend that are not God-honoring, all of those things fall outside of the parameter and they are sin. God's will for our life is that we become more like Jesus and a huge thing that he hits over and over and over in scripture is our sexual morality. He wants us to be pure in the way we treat our bodies and others' bodies. So you might be asking, why is purity a big deal? Purity is a big deal because God says it's a big deal. It's throughout scripture. Hebrews 13, 4, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Many people ask, how far is too far with my boyfriend or girlfriend? And that is the wrong question. The question is, how can I stay pure? We are to keep the marriage bed undefiled. We are to keep that pure. 2 Timothy 2.22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. We are to flee those youthful passions. Not engage them, as our culture says, or what you see on social media, or what you see maybe in uh, some people in your school, or maybe you've experienced. We are to flee those. Those desires are good and are to be fulfilled within marriage, not outside of marriage. So while you're outside of marriage, flee them. Run from them. Do not put yourself in compromising situations. And I'll say this. Stop listening to the lies of Satan. There's some lies that we begin to believe in trying to do things with our boyfriend and girlfriend. Number one, we're going to get married one day, so we can kind of do whatever we want to do. We're going to end up being married. You guys ever heard that before? Some people try to trick themselves. Oh, we're going to make it so we can begin to have marriage privileges before we're actually married. Our assumptions of the future don't give us the right to sin. Our assumptions of the future don't give us a right to sin. Another lie, being intimate before marriage or sending something uh, to my boyfriend or girlfriend, sending them something of myself or doing something with my boyfriend or girlfriend is just showing them that I love them. If I do these things with my body, if I do these things with them over technology, it's showing that I love them, that I'm bought into the relationship. If you are in a relationship when a boy is asking you of those things, they do not care about you or honor you. They are seeing you as an object and trying to fulfill a desire outside of marriage. Get away from those boys. Do not respond to those boys. And fellas, don't be that guy. Don't put girls in compromising situations. Do not put them in that position. 
Those are lies that Satan wants us to say, oh, we can do these things before marriage because we're going to get married. Or this is just showing that I love those are lies from Satan. So why is purity a big deal? Because God says it's a big deal. So within purity, we want to honor the boyfriend or girlfriend. And fellas, I want you to think about it in this way. If you are in a dating relationship right now or get into a dating relationship in middle school and high school, odds say, now I'm, you can break the odds, odds say you don't marry that person. Majority of high school relationships do not end in marriage. So what does that mean for your dating relationship? If you're a guy, I want you to ask this question, these two questions. How are you handing, if you're not going to marry this girl, how are you handing her off to her future spouse? Pure and blameless. And I want you to ask yourself this question. How would you want your future spouse's boyfriend to be treating your future wife right now? Are you treating your current girlfriend like that? Many times in high school, we can think, well, this is our person, and we can do all of these things, and I have authority. You have no authority in your, in, your, in your boyfriend or girlfriend's life. Like Brittany was saying, her parents had authority. Your parents have authority in your life. Your boyfriend or girlfriend don't get to dictate anything you do, anything. So, guys, how are you handing off your girlfriend to their future spouse? Are you keeping them pure? Are you honoring them? Are you serving them? And lastly, sexual purity is both mental and physical. It's what we look at, it's what we partake in, and it's what we talk about. As the band comes up, I want us to know I'm not here to crush relationships. That's not my goal here. Me and Brittany before didn't say how many relationships can we break up tonight. That's not our goal here. What we want you to see is that we mess up. We've messed up. I've messed up a ton in my dating relationship. We have we found success in ours. We found success in the way that we did it because it was God honoring. It was treating one another as more precious. It was honoring uh, the parents' authority. It was honoring the Lord. So I want what I want you to hear is I'm calling you to a higher standard in the way that you date. I'm not saying you can't date. Does it always end well when you date within a youth group? No. But I want you as a believer, I want to call you to a higher standard of dating and a higher standard of purity. And it's not because I want to be this person telling you what to do. It's because what Christ has called us to do through his word and through his death and resurrection. Let's glorify him in all that we have and all that we do.